And now it's the boys on the hill, Ralph Jeezy, Slim Marshall, Thomas Black. How's it going, fellas? Good, man. Good. I think Great. we'll have a legendary show tonight. What y'all think? I think yeah. it's going to be a good one, too, fellas. I, I just got audio. I like, apologize to the fans. I just got audio for you right now. I'm having technical difficulties. Thomas I will Black, be Thomas Black for real. I'm blacked out for real. <laughs> yeah. But I'm here, though. I'm here, though. Oh, yeah. That's the most important part you hear. I, I remember to hit record the first time tonight. All right. Won't make that mistake again. <laughs> um, tonight, we won't have Watts with us. People, he has some obligations that he has to do with good old Uncle Sam. But we have a special guest for you tonight. We have the head coach from Dillard University, Mr. Trinish Grant, with us tonight. <coughs> Welcome to the show, Coach. How you guys doing, man? Man, we're doing good. We're doing good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <coughs> thank you guys for having me tonight. Yes, sir. Yeah, let's thank talk about how. Me. Yeah, let's just talk about how um, Coach Grant actually got on our show. Like, I was uh, browsing Twitter. And I saw Coach Grant put out a bulletin looking for players. And I'm like, this man we got to talk to, man. He's looking, he's looking for some dogs. So we got to gotta put him on, help him get some recruits out here. So we like kind of like conversed on Twitter, <coughs> set everything up. And tonight he's on the show with us tonight. So, Coach, thanks a lot for coming on. We appreciate it. No problem. No problem. I'm always on Twitter, man. That's where you, uh, I guess you would say, you get your, you get your dogs from. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, I'm on everything. Uh, search for players, man. So. Um, it's it's a it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank y'all. Oh yeah, hey y'all. Coach Coach got a swag background, man. <laughs> Coach got a real heavy swag background. He didn't been at A and M, Pine Bluff, Southern. <laughs> um, yeah, we gonna skip that one. You know he didn't been around. He didn't been around, man. So you know, I I think we are gonna have some good tonight, man. So Coach is a Mississippi boy, y'all. He from Kansas. Uh-oh. He from Ken. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the great I'm hometown of the great Janana Lewis. Oh, Jude. Yeah. He might have a little Jew in him. We don't know. He might have a little Jew in him, depending on how much time he spent in Jackson. He probably go play <laughs> Carolina, though. That's false. That's false. That's very false. Right off of Ellis. Right over there. Oh, y'all there. Okay. Hey, I've I, I been there, man. Um, actually, my family moved down there. I literally could literally walk to Jackson. Um, I used to walk to the Assembly Center, go watch, you know, games and stuff like that um, after I graduated high school. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not from Jackson, but I, I've been in all the hoods down there. So, I mean, when you're from Kent, man. Did you gotcha. eat some Eddie's and Rubies when you was over there on Ellie? <laughs> so, so coach, just give us a little bit more in-depth background about yourself. Gotcha. Um, of course, I'm um, from Kent, Mississippi. Uh, went to Kent High School. Graduated from there. Went to Humps Community College, uh, where I played two years. Uh, left there. Went to a school in Oklahoma. Didn't like that school. <clears throat> Went to Arkansas Tech University where I finished my playing career. And then I wanted to jump into coaching. I wanted to see what it was about. Originally, the plan was to go back to my high school, give those kids something they never had, which was not the – I hope no one takes offense to this, but not the football coach who 
uh, didn't know much about baseball because we had a really good um, head coach at one point in time who knew a lot about baseball, um, but then he ended up leaving <clears throat> because he wanted to coach football. So um, they wanted to get the hand-me-down uh, football coach or whatever. So um, sat down with, with, with the head coach, with some head coaches, and somebody was like, you need to coach college. And I was like, ah, I don't, ain't no money in that. I don't want to do that. It's a grind, yeah, but it, I think you need to coach college. So, man, I probably filled out every application that popped up on the internet. I was filling them out. Nobody would interview me. Nobody would hire me. <clears throat> so I was going to do softball. Um, emailed the coach at Hendricks College, uh, the AD at the time. She was also the head softball coach. She said, yeah, we'll have you, but I want you to talk to our baseball coach. He's having a wedding, um, and he's on. Uh, he'll be back uh, a little while. So ended up <clears throat> actually talking to him. He was like, yeah, come on. So Hendricks College is where I started off my career as a volunteer assistant, um, <clears throat> coaching, but I was also – Working in the, uh, I worked at, at a bank, um, Arkansas Federal Credit Union. So I was moving up through the rankings in the banking, also doing coaching. So I would leave work, go straight to practice if I could go to practice if they weren't done. Um, <clears throat> did that for two years, um, moved on to Arkansas Pound Bluff where I got the assistant bookstore manager job. Believe it or not, uh, originally I wasn't, I was about to be done with baseball, I wasn't going to be coaching anymore. <clears throat> So I'm just so coach, what does a so coach, what does a, an assistant bookstore manager actually do? <laughs> um, <laughs> believe it or not, I wasn't. I, I started my position title when I first started for the first two weeks. Said assistant bookstore manager. When I got there, <clears throat> I I leave and go. I guess you would say a small vacation with my wife. The bookstore manager gets in a horrible ac accident, shatters her ankle. I'm two weeks in. Now I'm the acting store manager and we got to set up and get ready for the fall. That's the biggest part of, you know, all the students are coming in and stuff like that. <clears throat> so, man, it's uh, you just ordering different things. You making sure the biggest um, thing about the bookstore was the textbooks. You're selling textbooks and stuff like that. Um, so you're just making sure everything is going to run smoothly throughout the bookstore. So basically like your managerial stuff, but we had no team. So I had to not only be the acting store manager, learn all the textbook systems, learn everything in that thing, and then also dealing with a crazy uh, band director because his his band stuff is not there. I knew nothing about that. I'm new here. So football season, their first game is in September. This is August. He's, he's coming over there saying, where's my stuff at? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm not the one, but I'll call around. I made some calls. So um, um, just did that for a while. And then I went over to talk with Coach James. At first, he wasn't feeling me. He didn't really know me that well. He didn't really want to give me a chance. So he ended up giving me a shot. <clears throat> then he ended up kind of, you know, a lot liking me and whatever and kind of understanding that I had kind of had a good knowledge of the game. But I needed some I needed some guidance. I needed some leadership. So he mentored me. He threw me out there to the wolves, coaching third base, kind of helping with the offense. And I I learned a lot, a lot there, <clears throat> if you would say. Um, so um, moved on from there. Um, I was at Pine Bluff for two years. Moved on from there, went to Alabama A&M. <clears throat> the day I get to Alabama A&M, they get hit with every sanction you can possibly think of academically. 
Um, we couldn't recruit junior college kids or anything like that. So they get hit with sanctions, fines, penalties. We're we're no we we not we can't have we can't be in, go to the postseason and we can't recruit junior college kids. So now <clears throat> we got a lot of seniors leaving. So I gotta go and recruit freshmen. So I'm on the horn. I'm traveling. <clears throat> Atlanta's like three hours from Alabama, uh, from Huntsville. So I'm I'm booking it to Atlanta every chance I get. Going to see players. Going to the PG tournaments. Going to WWB, all those different things. Um, brought in 17 freshmen that year. <clears throat> After we had just had a, a okay season, uh, we we I think we finished like 12 and 10 in conference. Um, beat some uh, some big schools as well. I think one of the big schools we beat was uh, UAB um, and stuff like that. Next year, COVID happens. The day COVID happens, AD bring me and the head coach in and fires us. All the kids call and say, hey, coach, what are we supposed to do? I mean, I don't know. You guys just go home. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. None of us knows uh, different things like that. So um, I ended up getting fired going into the um, – they start travel ball back up in like around about September, October. <clears throat> I started working for this travel ball organization and working for Amazon, making great money, believe it or not. Still wanted to be a college coach. Um Coach, Coach Crenshaw um, uh, was kind of looking out for me, ended up calling me. He got the interim head coach um, job at Southern. Um, he called me and said, hey, you want to come down and you want to help out? I was like, uh, sure. Let me get the okay from the wife. If you need to, I'll talk to her. I was like, nah, bro, you don't know my wife. She's not going for that. Nah, let me talk to her. So long story short, we ended up going to Southern. I got there in February. The season started February 14th. Um, we talked about the season. Uh, kind of rough on the hitter, on the offensive side. The guys weren't listening. And believe it or not, I mean, why would they? They got a completely new hitting coach and Coach Julian, and then I'm sitting there assisting. It was a hard mix of us trying to just battling with the kids back and forth, back and forth on what the hitting philosophy should be. Um, Coach Jackson had left to be the president of the draft, uh, MLB Draft League. So he was their hidden coach. He was, you know, and they had bought into that. <clears throat> so now you're getting a whole new philosophy, a whole new way of hitting all those different things and <clears throat> us bringing our own system to it. So, um, but we ended up getting hot. They started to listen and it started to click. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, this is how we're going to do it. Cool. So you, you learn little things to kind of say to them and whatnot. Um, and we got hot. We got in the tournament. <clears throat> we After we lost that first game to preview, nobody wanted to see us. It, it wasn't happening. <clears throat> and when we beat preview, I think it was like 24 to 3. I was like, yeah, it's, it's on. So we ended up getting hot, got to the championship game. Lo and behold, we ended up playing against Jackson. <clears throat> 27 and 0, fans talking crap when we get off the fuzz. Man, my own family was telling me, hey, y'all finna lose. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. That's fine. I mean, I get it that that zero is behind in that losing column. But, hey, it's baseball. All it takes is one. We're going to take all – our kids didn't have nothing to lose, you know, versus they had a lot to prove, you know what I mean? So, uh, ended up winning the championships 2021. Um, Southern was back-to-back minus the COVID year. Um, and then <clears> – <throat> Got to this uh, spot, so 
Originally, from what I was told, I applied for this job in October, November, sometime like that. Completely forgot about this job. I'm gearing up for Southern season. This is January. We, we about to get ready to a month away. We didn't start practicing all this stuff. Get a call saying, hey, we want you to interview for Dillard University. Who? What? <laughs> when did I apply for this? Um, and I was like, okay, I'll do the interview. So believe it or not, I did the interview kind of begrudgingly. Um, because I couldn't remember applying for it. So I was like, you know, let me do the interview. Was not prepared. In my opinion, I had the worst interview of my life. The worst. Um, <clears throat> um, end up being a finalist. I was like, oh, okay. Let me take this seriously. So do a virtual tour. I was like, oh, okay. This camp is pretty nice, man. Let me, let me really take this serious. Do all my stuff. Have a good presentation for the AD. When I tell you our conversation was literally a good conversation and my interview ran over into the other guy's interview, I didn't even get to ask her not one question, not one. It was a great conversation. We talked, we laughed. It was an enjoyable interview. <clears throat> I ended up getting picked, uh, picked. So I was like, it must be God saying that, hey, it's, it's time for you to be a head coach. Because like I was telling, uh, I tell a lot of people, man, I just want to be a paid assistant coach again. I just wanted to get paid to be a coach, get on a road, recruit, um, enjoy co being a coach. Well, <clears throat> this this door ended up opening, and now I, I'm a head coach now. I mean, we all have those opportunities, and we all want to be a head coach one day. It just came for me a little bit earlier. So now here we are. Hey, coach, got a question for you. Mm -hmm. All right. So when you're going through the process as a player, when, like, what was it that made that made you, you know, say, yeah, I want to be a coach. I can do this. Uh, man, it's the, it's the love for kids, man. I had I had already had coming, uh, going into junior college, I had two kids. Um, um, so it was the love for kids and me wanting to continue to be around the game. Like, <clears throat> for some reason, I knew that my chances of going pro were different than a lot of other guys because I had those two kids. People were going to think I was damaged goods and all those different things, but I had that mindset early, so I was like, I'm going to go back to my high school and give those kids that something that they never had, and that's where it all stemmed from. So uh, me wanting to give back to them because, I mean, think about it. I went to an all-black high school. <clears throat> Out of the four years I went there, we may have had one Caucasian kid come through there. So it was like uh, – and I always told myself, hey, man, look, I want to be in a, a part of a mixed team to just kind of see what the baseball spectrum is like. <clears throat> so that's how I ended up going to homes, and it, it just all stemmed from there, I'm wanting to, you know, coach and go back and give them. So it started from wanting to go to, back to my high school and give those kids um, something that they never had. And that was, in my opinion, a coach who uh, played in college and then as well as came back to give something back. So, Coach, how do you think those years of experience as an assistant coach, starting off at the D3 level at Hendricks, then moving on to Pine Bluff, then to AM and eventually to Southern, how do you think all of those those stops help you be prepared now to be a head coach and run your own program? Well, um, when you think about it, man, you th you think about it. So, I played I played junior college baseball, right? I played Division two baseball. Coach at the Division Three level, coach at the Division One level, right? Only thing I had done was 
be a part of the NIA organization. Now I'm coaching at the NIA level. So I've been a part of so many different sides of baseball and what people like to say, the different levels, the different spectrums, um, organizations and different things like that. So, <clears throat> man, being at Hendricks, it showed me a lot. I mean, it showed me, it gave me the sense of understanding how to recruit without having scholarships and having the academic dollars and kids, how, to, how you have to go out there to academic kids and different things like that. But you also still want to fulfill your need as a baseball coach and be really good as a baseball team. Um, I didn't have much to, much to say or anything um, in the recruiting process at Hendricks. I was just alone for the ride. I can't lie to you. I was helping. I was happy um, and different things like that. I had just got married, so I was happy. Um, <clears throat> I, my real experience, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Getting out there, being a third-base coach, not ever coaching third in my life, being accountable for runs, being accountable for uh, getting the kids to see a good offensive spectral, spectrum, um, getting them to see, be organized, 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 and uh, getting them to understand, hey, we got to continue to do things the right way. Because previously, before I got there, they had ran off uh, three championships in a row uh, in the West. So, um, but going on to that, Alabama and m so it, it all kind of just continued to play. Um, it prepared me for this spot that I'm in now. Um, being at Pine Bluff when they, he only had 4.6 scholarships prepared me for recruiting now. Uh, being at Alabama A&M, yes, we had the scholarships, but you had you can only recruit high school kids. It prepared me to recruit high school kids now. And then going to Southern, <clears throat> where you had a good bit of both, um, talking to different people, making relationships, and you don't meet a stranger in the state of Louisiana, it prepared me you know, to go down to New Orleans and, be, and still not meet a stranger, be around great people, great food, and now you just put your own vision, your own twist in it, and building your own program. Like, not a lot of people are going to be able to say, I started this thing from scratch. And if I do it correctly, I mean, the sky's the limit. Yeah, Coach, your, your background, especially your non-baseball work history, is simply amazing. I'm fascinated by it. <laughs> <laughs> so working in banking, doing Amazon, um, bookstore guy. Um, and, and now you're at Dillard University where there's had not been a previous foundation and you're the foundation. Like, how do you start to put a program together that despite all the experience you have in, in recruiting and being under some, some head coaches throughout your um, coaching career? Man, to be honest with you, it's using what all those guys taught me, using what uh, Coach James taught me at, uh, at, uh, um, at Pine Bluff. Um, using the experience that I had with the head coach at um, Alabama A&M and then coming down to Crenshaw, even Coach Jackson, uh, when he left, he was still mentoring me. Uh, Edwin Thompson, that's at Georgetown now, mentored me, um, trying to help me with jobs and different things like that. So you you get a good base of guys who um, who understand who you are and what you're trying to get go to. I mean, when we think about it, man, it's not – it's unfortunate, but, you know, things are very different, I'm going to say that, for a black head coach in baseball. So um, we're just continuing trying to fight, fight the good battle, and continue trying to get our names heard and get our voices heard. So um, it all it, it all stems from that. Uh, I think he's continuing to listen to those guys, hearing those pregame speeches, I still, you know, run through my head today and say, oh, man, I'm going to use that when I – 
when I become a head coach. So just taking all those different things that you learn from all those different programs and bringing it to your own. Um, I mean, think about it, man. I've been at four different institutions. This makes my fifth. If I don't have a good philosophy and a good plan by now, I'm not doing my homework correctly. I'm not continuing to do my research correctly. I'm not actually getting anything of, I'm not being consistent because that's what I'm going to ask my players to do to be consistent and retaining information that's given to me and being able to use it. Okay, coach. So being that you're starting a program from scratch, your name is going to be the first name in the books of stats or whatever going on with baseball at that college. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Man, you you, you start recruiting. Uh, that's where it stands for me. And um, I know a lot of people say, man, what about facilities? What about this? What about gear? What about that? Nope. I ain't tell nobody nothing about no gear. I didn't tell them anything about anything. <laughs> I sold them on Dillon University being a high academic institution that it is. Um, and Coach Trent's grant. Other than that, I may have said, hey, we got some Adidas or whatever. Um, I may have, you know, they see the polos or whatever. Um, but other than that, man, I sold myself. Um, and that's what a lot of kids gravitate to. Um, being able to talk to them about how they, how uh, you would develop them and teach them and different things like that. Uh, because you're recruiting guys that are potentially um, either that somewhat in your philosophy of coaching they remind you of something that you love to see. So you're recruiting guys that are going to fit that spectrum of and continue to uh, be an example, create a culture, because as a coach, you can create a culture all you want to, but if those players don't drive it, you won't see a lot of success. So they're going, I'm going to create the culture. I'm going to set the tone early and they're going to have to drive it. And I, you know, with our meeting that we're going to have here soon, that's my, that's going to be basically my message. I like that, Coach. Um, <clears throat> just to piggyback off of Thomas, with, with you building the program from scratch, what have been some of the pros and some of the cons? Uh, let's start with the cons first because you can always go back and, and bring back that positivity. So um, probably the big, the cons of starting a program, um, if, if your institution doesn't already have uh, a baseball field, um, that's the bad facilities. That's the, I guess you would say, um, a con of, and then as well as, um, you know, guys want to see, have you had a season? Has there been anything about baseball? And if they don't have, if you don't have that, they're like, uh, yeah, nah, I don't want to play there. So that's been a con for me. Um, but then some pros of it is the people, the people that deal it, man, they, they've been helping me tremendously. Um, uh, the academic, the, the uh, not academic staff, the admission staff, uh, Miss Mon- Monica White, I can run down all their names, but her staff has been absolutely tremendous, um, helping me with a lot of different things and, uh, and helping me uh, basically getting, getting a lot of different things uh, going. Um, Dr. Barnes, who's now the conference commissioner, of the GS, uh, the Gulf Coast, um, she, she, it started with her, her believing in, in the vision that I had and, and what I was trying to put forth. And um, she put me in a position and she's been very supportive, just like with the interim AD, uh, Coach Rome. Um, he's very supportive. Um, his assistant, Coach Martin, Coach Spurgeon, Coach Nile going to track and all those different. 
they they've laid a, a pretty good foundation in the athletic depart, department with especially with Coach Nile and Coach Spurgeon um, being uh, winning a lot of games and Coach Coach Nile his track team is always nationally ranked so um, they set the bar high um, and, and and I love it and I like that challenge and I want to uh, make sure um, we live up to that um, and we're holding um, baseball accountable for Dillard University um, so those are some pro, uh, pros for me. Um, and, you know, and then again, like I said, it's all me selling myself. It's nothing outside of what I don't have or, or what we're going to get later. It's that's the biggest thing It's me selling me. <clears throat> yeah, Coach, you talk about selling yourself and you talk about selling academics out of <clears throat> university. But I would imagine uh, one of the pros could possibly be pitching to these players like you could be part of something new. You won't be just a right. number. You'll probably get to play right away. Won't be sitting behind anybody. So how much of that is in your pitch, too? Believe it or not, I'm glad you said that. That is that is probably the, one of the biggest things. Um, what I what I tell everybody, it's history. You're going to be a part of history. Um, you're going to be a part of history when that first pitch is thrown. You're going to be a part of history if we lose our first game. You're going to be a part of history when we uh, when we win our first game. And then you're going to be a part of history if our last game is uh, getting in the regional in the NII and we um, get to a regional championship or anything like that. You're going to be a part of history. We have a winning season. You're going to be a part of history. So I tell those guys every time I talk to them when they call when they call me about academics, hey, man, make sure you're doing everything right. We're trying to make history. So making sure they understand that <clears throat> it's not just about the – not just about the opportunity to play baseball, because like I tell them all the time, hey, there's a clock on your head, you don't see it. But um, it's the history, it's the it's gonna be a grind because I wanna make this history the right history, not just, you know, there, there can be some bad sides of history that we can be on, but um, I wanna make sure it's the right history. So uh, believe it or not, that is a big part of it. Uh, making sure the guys understand, like one, kid, my, one of my junior college kids that I recruited, he's the first ever Dillard baseball player to commit and they want to write a story on him when he gets to campus. So he's going to be a part of history. Um, <clears throat> even with my two high school kids that were the first two high, high school kids to commit, they're going to be a part of history because they're coming from the same high school here in Louisiana. And, you know, they're coming to a, a new, a brand new program. So you got, you got a lot of different kids with a lot of different stories um, that are coming in. Um, so, you know, you figure out how to press those buttons and different things like that and uh, get them to understand how they can be uh, attributes to what you're trying to do at Dillard. As a quick follow-up to that, like, the program is starting out with, with little to no foundation, and you don't have, you guys right now don't have a lot. Like, how do you gain the trust of these kids who probably don't know anything about Dillard University, realizing it's the first time they're going to have a baseball program, how do you say, hey, follow me to this unknown that we're going to go through? Uh, be an overshadowing uh, big-time example for them. Because if they committed, first and foremost, they committed off of what I told them. Um, they committed off of me. They committed off of me being a, a possible great teacher, uh, a student of the game continuously, and wanting to help them grow in the game of baseball. Um, so if they committed, it's all based on what I can provide and how they can continue to grow and get a quality education at Dillard University. 
So that's the biggest part for me, honestly. <clears throat> All right, Coach. So when you out there and, and when you first got out there to recruit, what was you looking for? Like, since you start from scratch and you're and you building a team and you're recruiting, what do you – I know you already got your first commit, but you know, what do teams like as a as a coach? What do you look for to build your team from from start to beginning? Um, so that's kind of hard to say because you can't. I'm gonna tell you this: the, when I first started, I was looking for the very best baseball player I can get to say yes. That was the first thing I wanted to find somebody who would believe in my vision, just me, nobody else committed. And I wanted to see if I can get them to say yes. Once I got them to say yes, it started to just trickle. So now you start to build a baseball team. So now you got your, your whiteboard, you got your depth chart up. Now you're seeing, okay, this person goes here. Now what else do I need? So now you stem your program off of, um, the caliber of that first player. The first player I ever got was a junior college player. So um, <clears throat> he um, is a very athletic kid, can swing it, can run. So now everybody else needs to be able to do uh, that or better. So now you just start to figure that out. <clears throat> for That's for the junior college kids and the transfers. Um, my first uh, two high school kids, one's a pitcher slash second baseman, and then the other ones is a shortstop very athletic, can kind of bang a little bit, um, but they spread the ball all over the field. So now with my high school kids, they got to be able to do the same thing or better. With the pitcher, with the guy, with the kid who's a pitcher, a second baseman, if you can't <clears throat> pitch and compete like he did when I saw him against uh, a really good Louisiana uh, prep baseball team and he had them on the ropes, just some errors in the field, they would have won that game. But if you can't pitch like that, you, you can't you won't be able to play for me at Diller, especially coming out of high school. And then with the junior college kids, the same thing. So everything I started with those levels of the high school kid and the transfer, then you have to be doing uh, a lot better uh, for as a recruit. So. So, Coach, with Louisiana being such a hotbed for baseball talent, not only on the high school level, but also um with the the travel ball organizations such as the Louisiana Knights and things of that nature. Um, do you see it being any problems of getting the talent that you need in your home state? Believe it or not, man, I actually um, know those guys very well. Um, I actually um, am coaching a team with the Louisiana Knights. So I don't think – I think, and I made some really good relationships in the state already, especially with the travel ball circuit. I'm still mingling with some high school coaches and different things like that. But the travel ball circuit here in Louisiana, I don't think it will be a problem. Again, like I said, I think the biggest hurdle was uh, us getting over was just because we're a new program. That was the biggest thing. So next year going into when you have a season, kids are able to look up your record, see how many players you got, and all those different things, look at uniforms, the so-called stuff um, that they like to see. Um, but they'll be able to look at that and kind of see, okay, maybe this is a fit for me. Let me hear what the coach has to say. Or um, maybe I need to kind of 
look at some different things if, you know, this is not working for me in the state and I want to stay close to home. Dillard University is an option. So, uh, but it has to be an option for both of us on both sides. You can't just be interested in me, not to be interested in you as well, especially after this first season, because if it goes how I think it's going to go, yeah, it's going it's going to be real nice. It's going to be uh, it's going to be real good, and you're going to get some quality recruits off of it. Yeah, speaking of in-state recruiting, you're not going to be just you know looking at junior college kids or high school kids. You're going to be recruiting against Southern. You're going to be recruiting against Grambling. You're going to be recruiting against our boy Holloway down in Xavier. You're going to be recruiting against like all these other schools that have just as good as baseball program as anywhere else across the region across the country. So, how do you anticipate that? going how are you gonna to try to like navigate that uh i mean again it, it's all gonna be off of selling myself um selling myself selling to the university and then selling the program um it, that's what it's gonna stem from just because um i can't <clears throat> i can't give you i can't give you the history that southern has in baseball you know what i mean 28 championships i can't give you that ricky weeds uh lou brock i can't give you that I can't give you what Grambling has in baseball. Um, I can't give you what LSU has, Tulane has. I can't even give you um, right now, I can't give you what Xavier did to go to um, have their first season and go to the Black College World Series the first year of it and be in the championship game. I can't give you that right now. But what I can do um, is continue to sell me until we establish that foundation. Um, we put that groundwork together. Um, and we have a good season. Now I can start to compete and say, hey, look, this is what we did. You can match up the records and different things like that. Um, but I never worry about what somebody else is doing. Yeah, we're going to recruit the same kids that they want to um, say, why would you go there? Because they don't have this. They don't have that. Then I must be doing something right. Um, if you got to, you know, in turn, talk about my school versus your school. I mean, it, it is what it is. A lot of coaches do that, but that's not me. That's not what we're going to do. Again, I'm going to sell myself, Dillard University, and then the baseball program. All right, Coach. All right, so you're out there talking to a kid. Mm -hmm. And he asks you, why why would I want to go to Dillard University? What do you tell him? Uh, first off, you start off by saying, man, why wouldn't you want to go to Dillard? Dillard is the oldest HBCU in Louisiana that stand from two universities, from two um, institutions, straight university, New Orleans University, which merged to form Dillard University. So right there with your history, oldest HBCU in Louisiana, um, <clears throat> then as well as our education, right? Um, we got the number number three nursing school in the state. Um, out of small schools, we're the number uh, 13 film school. Out of um, out of business, uh, our business school is number ranked number 20 in the nation in small schools. So there's a lot of different hist um, history and academic prominence uh, in in that as, as far as the education side. Uh, when it comes down to the athletic side, we have um, history of being champions, right? Um, by, um, track and field and volleyball are holding the torch and running with it right now for, for us. Only thing I'm selling is, hey, come give baseball a shot. You get, you're going to get a quality education. That's bar none. That's hands down. You're going to be a part of different in, in, internships and stuff like that because everybody's coming to New Orleans. Everybody's hosting something. There's always something going on in 
uh, at Dillard University. I don't care what it is. I mean, they shoot, man. How many people can say Marshawn Lynch was in their gym walking around just touring like, dang, I like this dog. And we sitting there like, bro, you know, you Marshawn Lynch. And they filming a movie at our school for three weeks. You know, Anthony Mackey's on campus in our building. They shooting a movie, all the diff- all those different things. So, you know, a lot of people can't say that they've had movies filmed on it. I mean, believe it or not, Benjamin Button was filmed in our um, our swimming pool. That swimming pool scene, that's at Dillard University. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of history in there that you mentioned to the kids and uh, different things like that. Like, just like it's something like this. <clears throat> we have a tradition. We have a history. There's only two times when you step on. We have a, a, a thing, uh, a, pat, a, a long strip of grass is called the Oaks. When you hear people, if you ever come to Dillard, you'll pe- hear people say, not only say, welcome to Dillard, but they'll say, welcome to the Oaks. Welcome to the Oaks. Just like, and, you know, every campus has their own different saying or mantra or different things like that. We say, welcome to the Oaks. Well, there's only twice when you step on Oaks. Once when you doing your new student orientation and then the second time you step on it is when you're graduating. So that's a history. That's a legacy that's been going back for years and years and years, ever since Dillard University was formed uh, from those two, two, two colleges. Um, is there baseball history that's a part of Uni- uh, Dillard University? Not under the Dillard University names, but those uh, two other institutions, Straight College and New Orleans University, they have baseball. I have both of those pictures. So I'm going to line those pictures up and show our guys, hey, look, this is what this this is what you're what you what you have to live up to. These guys, these their their legacy is entrenched in these grounds, in this campus. You guys got to put something forward because your picture is going to be right beside theirs because you're creating history. So. Um. Yeah, Coach. I keep hearing you put. You, I've heard you say history, 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 history. <clears throat> how how important is it to you being the first head coach to make sure that the program gets to running right and to set the prestige and the legacy of the program? How how important is that to you? Again, man, that's history. Um, man, that's real important to me because. Um, like when I had my interview, um, I asked Dr. Barnes, why Dillard, why baseball, why now? And she laid it all out for me. And then the first, one of the, one of the best lines I think she said to me is, this is your baby. What you do with it, the sky's the limit. If you don't do anything with it, it's going to, it's not going to be good. But if you do what I think you're going to do, that I've hired you for and, I, and the quality coach that I think you are. And from what I hear from all your references, you're going to do great. So <clears throat> it's going to be that legacy of, you know, making sure I do what I'm supposed to do. Um, that it's simple as that. If I, the program's going to run off of me. It's going to start that way. Um, so that first year, it's very important. It's very important that we hit the ground running. Um, it's very important. Um, I'm on I'm on the guys in the group me already um, about, hey, getting stuff done. We have a hard deadline. Make sure your clearance is done by August 1st because I don't want to have any conversations because I will run you. Literally, when you get to campus, we can do orientation, all that stuff. You get your physical. Hey, gentlemen, let's run. We, we hitting the ground running because it's important to me 
that we take care of the little things. If you don't take care of the stuff that you need to do on the front end with admissions, then making sure you got your schedules turned in to Coach Grant so that he can build a practice plan and all those different things, we're starting off on a bad foot. All those little things matter. And then it goes on into uh, not just baseball sense and uh, being a part of an academic institution, but it also goes out into real life, time, time management, right? Uh, being able to present something to an employer, right? All those things matter. Make sure you show up um, dressed correctly. I mean, we we talk. I'm talking about it in my meeting on tomorrow um, that we need we need to make sure that we have um, a white shirt, a blue shirt, a, a black tie, and a royal blue tie. Guys need to have suit coat jacks, black. Um, so that we can look present us. There's going to be sometimes there's some things that happen on campus where we got to dress up. Hey guys, it's cold outside. Let me let me see you guys put on that suit coat jacket, right? Let me see you guys look good. And not only will they do it as a coach, I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to make sure that I got on my suit. I'm going to look, I'm gonna be, be looking good and different things like that as well. So it's it's very important that I lead by example. The program is going to go off me, um, and I'm going to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do and make sure um, we're setting a, uh, I'm setting a good foot um, for, for um, our guys and, and, and the programs to come. Um, even if <clears throat> I do really well and somebody says, Hey, we want you to be a head coach somewhere else. Um, whatever. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what guy has planned. I'm just living uh, in the moment. I heard somebody say this, that I'm just being where my feet are right now. That's the only thing I'm doing. Um, Believe it or not, I get calls about other jobs and different things like that. But right now, I'm just um, dealing with university through and through. Coach, as, as, as you know, and as we all know, um, at the black college level, baseball really isn't a sport that a lot of schools are heavily investing in. We've seen some programs shut down over the years. We've seen some teams leave some conferences over the years. In your interview for Dillard University, why were you told that the school wanted to invest in baseball? Um, so it was a part of a conference initiative, right? So the presidents got together and the ADs got together. It stemmed from the presidents um, and Dr. Barnes being the commissioner uh, at one point in time. So every school <clears throat> um, in our conference is supposed to get baseball. Um, so a lot of schools picked up baseball. I don't know if you guys just saw the article, but um, Oakwood University in Huntsville, they just got baseball. Flanders Smith um, in Little Rock, they got they got baseball. We just had Wiley come in, uh, Tugaloo and Russ has already had baseball, and then we added baseball as well. Um, of course, um, Suno, um, which is Southern University of New Orleans, they're bringing their athletic department back. So I would assume once they get everything back and running, starting with basketball and all those other sports, they're going to eventually get back. <coughs> They're going to eventually get baseball as well because, like you said before, um, baseball is a big thing not only in the state of Louisiana, but it's a very big thing down in New Orleans as well. So um, she just, you know, just that was the first thing. And then uh, <clears throat> getting me to understand that, hey, we're ready to do this. Um, that was the biggest thing. Uh, we're ready to have baseball. Um, and, it, you know, and I was straightforward and honest. I said, are you sure? Because baseball is expensive. It's not going to be basketball. You got to think about it. You got 40 players. You got to buy 40 pairs of shoes. You got to buy batting gloves. You got to buy helmets, um, all those different things, bats. I mean, it's just it just goes on and on. <clears throat> so 
um, as a college program, you need to be able to um, get those kids the stuff that they need. And so um, they kind of assured me uh, we were going to be able to get a lot of different things done. Um, I'm going to go out to have to, um, we're going to go out and raise some fundraising dollars and work some parking lots and different things like that. We might work the parking lot at Bayou Classic or, uh, well, probably not Bayou Classic because that's the uh, Thanksgiving weekend, but Saints game, Pelican games, you know, doing different things, selling brochures, um, selling T-shirts. We're going to figure out a way to make it happen so that um, guys, we can get the stuff, you know what I mean? Um, we can we can get in uh, to some good um bats and glove deals with different people and our guys are able to you know <clears throat> have gloves where they can put the university's logo on and put grandmama's name on it who passed away years ago and that, that could be their motivation that could be something that make that that kid tick so um i, th- I think we're going to be um we're going to be okay I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say we we, we we're going to have everything financially because we won't we're not going to by far um, cause I know a lot of teams that are in division one that I've coached for that still don't have it. So, um, and our budget is going to be a lot, a lot less than theirs. But, um, uh, what I can tell you is me being from where I'm from, I'm a coach who know how, who understands how to scrape the pennies together and, um, and go get after it and, um, uh, not afraid to knock on doors and people say, Hey, no, I can't do it. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now I'm on their mind. I'm on their radar about fundraising and different things like that. They tell me the worst they can tell me is no. Like I told you guys in the beginning, I probably filled out over a hundred applications. I only got one yes. That's all it takes. It could be that one yes that starts to that's that sparks the fire, and we start to get rolling. So, <clears throat> Coach, um, how you, <clears throat> I know Slim met you on Twitter. And you was calling out, you need some players. Mm-hmm. Now you're on a different platform. Um, what are, I, I guess it's just, a, it's a new wave of, of, of recruiting. What mm-hmm. are, what are some of the, the, the other <coughs> platforms that you're using to help you in your recruiting when you can't go to these places? Like, you know, what, what is your recruiting journey like? Uh, so, um field level of course um that's one thing that i use um and i always get the letters back i think it's ncsa um use that as well um that's a platform um they do multiple field levels ncsa they do multiple different levels i think some of the kids i don't think the kids pay for field level um but i think they pay for the other one um man believe it or not i've had some weird I've had some people to find me on WhatsApp and just start sending me players. And I'm like, I don't know you. Like, why would I respond to this message? And when you go click on it, and it's like, oh, man, okay. little jo- Hey, Johnny, Johnny can ball. Johnny, Johnny is a good infielder. So I might want to talk to this coach about Johnny's and see what's what. What's he looking at? What's he thinking about? And different things like that. So, man, I can tell you I've been, you know, after doing this, for as a volunteer basis for so long and being like I said only being paid like three times for this um again I'm a hustler no if ands or buts about it when you got to go to work and then you uh when you go to work and then after you leave Ole Miss just playing a nine in the game get off the bus at two in the morning and then you go straight from the bus straight to work 
um, take your hour lunch from six to seven before the store opens so you can get a little sleep and <clears throat> and get up, go to practice at one o'clock and then be on the road the next day or that Thursday traveling down to Houston for a, a week long trip. I mean, you, you, you tend to find ways and different things like that to be able to uh, recruit. I mean, just like, you know, some guys, um, uh, buddy over at Southern, Coach Doolin, you know, me and him were talking about today about going to MVP. That's in Atlanta. Um, that's where they bring all the minority baseball pro, uh, prospects and they have different states. Um, he was like, hey, man, you need to come to this. And I was like, I got a visit. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come. He was like, hey, you better come, bro. So I'm thinking about trying to figure out how to get a flight out, um, out after my visit or um, schedule my visit um, to for allow the admissions department to kind of take over it because – Again, like I said, they will do a much better job than I do, but I just like to be there in the kids' presence uh, when they're um, visiting. So, Coach, right now, um, how many coaches do you have on staff right now? Is it just you? It's just me, baby. One-man show. Um, it's it's me. Um, actually, we just had interviews uh, today, and I have some interviews tomorrow. Uh, for the pitching coach position, um, and then I'm going to be, I'm going to try to get a part time position. That may be a battle, it may be a fight, but um, and then hopefully I can get some volunteers uh, throughout the city um, to kind of, you know, um, help with that uh, roster size and different things like that. But right now it's just me. Um, so every player who's committed, every player who says they're coming to Dillard, if you ever see it run across your Twitter feed and all this different stuff. They ain't talked to they haven't talked to nobody on the athletic side but Coach Grant. Um gotcha. again, like I said, it's just me. Um <clears throat> I would love to have some help. I would love uh for several guys to come and help out. But again, you know, like I said, being a part of all those different programs, being able to work a job and try to find baseball as a career, being able to do being doing umpiring. Um, to make money, make sure the family's straight. My wife don't have to do any odd jobs or anything like that. Uh, and making sure, again, again, like I said, we're taken care of. We don't have to, we didn't starve for food or anything. Um, my experience was my experience. And um, I know a lot of people say um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I would love to change it for the world so that I can just jump right into coaching. But at the same time, it made me to um, be the coach that I am today. So, um, that that shaped me and molded me. So I needed that experience. I need to go through all those different things I went to um, and continue to fight for, um, like you said, HBCU baseball. All right. And one, one, another follow-up question, Coach. <clears throat> and this may be a little bit off of the subject here, but I want to get your thoughts as not only a black baseball player, which you've been, Mm -hmm. But also, you've been an assistant coach at an HBCU, and now you're the head coach at an NAIA HBCU. Um, Deion Sander made some recent comments saying that black kids were being priced out of baseball. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Coach? <clears throat> so here's what I say to that. I think it goes both ways, right? And I'll use myself as an example, right? My again. I'm a, I'm a young black male, right? I had three brothers. So my mom is a single parent. 
Well, my other brothers didn't play baseball like that. Of course, they played the rec league and, you know, where it costs us 50 bucks to play or 100 bucks or whatever. I'm the one who who we knew that was serious about baseball, that wanted to go play on the weekends, go play in these tournaments. I didn't go out of state, but from Biloxi all the way up to Memphis, uh, we was going. We had to get hotels, all those different things. So what my mom would do, and this is why I say it would be both ways, you have kids. You're going to get tax money. My mom would just set that money aside. <clears throat> and then, you know, because she knew she was going to have to pay, you know, the so-called whatever, the $2,000 for me to play for my uniforms, all those different stuff. I have my fees and stuff like that. And then we needed the other money to travel with. So she would just set a certain amount aside so we wouldn't be struggling. So um, when that, you know, that transition happened every summer. So that's the way she did it. Um, again, man, it, there's a lot of different things as parents that we pay for. That PlayStation Five when it first came out, man, you know how long those lines was? That thing's a thousand dollars. Well, that's a bat in the glove for a kid. We can't say that it's pricey because at the same time we go do what we need to do with different things. So again, I understand what he's saying. Um, that you know, travel ball costs a lot of money. And believe it or not, though, there's some travel ball organizations that are making bank right now. I know some travel ball coaches that make twice as what I make. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I coaching college baseball? But at the same time, I do it for the love and uh, and the, the recruiting. Um, it gives me a rouse. It, gives, it, it, dri- it drives me. So it's always fun to put a team together. But um, <clears throat> like I said, it goes both ways. I mean, I get it, what he's saying. Um, but he is just looking – He's, he's looking at it from mostly as a young guy when he was playing baseball because a lot of times there are coaches that uh, – football coaches that in peewee travel ba- uh, football and when they get to middle school, they handpick those kids. Hey, man, look, don't go play baseball. Why don't you go play that? Ain't no black guys playing baseball. Man, they don't give out no full scholarships. They don't do this. They don't do that. So that's how it works against you in baseball. And then the kids that are already in baseball, man, we don't really get the, the the really good black kids. You're not, we don't, we don't, I'm gonna say uh <clears throat> some HBCUs don't get them. Um, so it's it's just different. It, again, like I said, it's two sides to it. So if parents want their kids to play baseball, they they're gonna play baseball, point blank period. But if they listen to other people and they don't want them to play because they looking at the stuff, they're looking at the NAL. NLI money, all those different things, then they're going to go play football. If it's about the money, all those different things, hey, look, go play football. But if you want to really learn a foundation, you really want to have a grind, you really want to learn how to deal with failure and deal with it in a perfect way, hey, baseball is a sport. Great answer, Coach. I love it. I keep my personal opinion to myself. But yeah, again, to go off. Yeah, yeah no, my, my, well, I'm not saying that. All <clears> I'm saying <throat> is, I've seen I coach football in Clayton County, middle school. Mm-hmm. We had kids that would play a middle school game with us on Tuesday, and play a rec game on Saturday, and would have a different helmet. And those, and they would have those speed flex helmets. And anybody that knows anything about a speed flex helmet, that's a four hundred dollar helmet. Then what they exactly? would buy their own shoulder pads. Paying $200, $300 for a pair of shoulder pads. So you spent the same money 
for a bat and a glove on the helmet and the shoulder pads. So how are exactly. we priced out? Exactly. Again, like I said, if they want to do it, they can do it. Um, and, and you just, again, like I said, you got you just be strategic, strategic about it, uh, making sure that you understand, okay, if I'm going, my son is going to play travel baseball, I need to set up parameters. I need to put stuff to the side um, and make sure <clears throat> that happens because you're going to make sure he has those new J's for school. You're going to make sure, you know, he has this and that for Christmas, his birthday, all those different things, that big fly party you're going to throw for him. You're going to make sure that is going with a bang. So why not invest into him now with this um, scholarship opportunity? I use this perfect example with our kids, right? <clears throat> a lot of our kids complain about pay paying our $150 enrollment fee. And I tell them all the time, all right, so we're giving away academic scholarships. So you're going to not pay the $150 enrollment fee to, to maximize your dollar and you can get $10,000? That doesn't make sense. That's not that's over 100% 100 return on your investment. Like, why wouldn't you not? So when they look at it like that, they have to sit back and be like, oh, okay. I never thought about it that way. So now you see where... Um, Slim, where, where you talk about that's that banking came out of me right there. That's that finance and stuff like that. So uh, when you're able, when you're able to simplify it for them, it, it makes sense. But then if you have those football coaches who are out there just bashing baseball, they're not going to come play baseball. Um, and believe it or not, you got some really, really good athletes that play uh, other sports that are really good at baseball. Just like the one kid who got drafted in the first round. Um uh, I think he was at Gonzaga or one of those schools who won the national championship. Villanova. That kid was a, a, a gold glove outfielder through our high school, but did not touch baseball in college. And now he's in the league with basketball. No, Everybody wants the easy play, right? Nobody wants to go through the uh, minor leagues and then continue to work and work and grind and get to the major league baseball. Everybody wants to go straight from NBA I mean, straight from college to the NBA, straight from um, college to NFL. So, again, like I said, parents are – there are a lot of smart parents out there, and you, you kind of understand and see um, how it um, plays out and different things like that. And, again, like I said, Dion's not wrong, uh, but, again, there's two sides to it. Um, he just gave his side. Um, and then we as baseball coaches or coaches who think about both sides because I'm a diehard diehard college football fan like i will cancel a practice now that i'm a head coach but um to, to watch some uh to watch some college football i mean again um my mom's a diehard jackson state fan can't stand them i love y'all people you know c town mississippi i love y'all but i love um, you mama uh, i love you mama oh man you don't understand you talking about somebody my mama will literally if it's a if it's a game going on Every weekend, she's going to have on a different shirt. She's going to have on a brand new Jackson State shirt. It's going to be something uh, bedazzled out. It's going to be, you know, uh, <laughs> embroidered. It ain't no it ain't no real, it ain't no just something you just get off the streets. No, this is took time put into this. Like, she don't play about that. And she loves herself and Coach Brown. So I can't talk too bad about her boy. I mean, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a primetime front primetime fan and I love what he's doing for uh, HBCUs and I hope it continues 
Um, and I just hope that, you know, we can kind of spread the wealth. Um, cause I mean, in a, in a sense, it's not all just about <clears throat> Jackson state. It's not just all about Howard. It's not all about Southern. It's not all about Grambling. Um, it's about, you know, unfortunately I'm gonna say this. It's, it's about Tougaloo college. It's about Russ college. Those colleges are right there in Mississippi. It's about Alcorn. Um, then when you come on down here to Louisiana, it's about us at Dillard. It's about our crosstown rival, um, Xavier university. It's about all of us. Um, so, you know, when people say, um, I don't like what he's doing. He only get money for Jackson State. Man, be quiet. Let that <laughs> man work. He's not doing it just for them. It's for all of us. Y'all don't understand how this man just changed the city of Jackson. You guys don't understand how he's changed the city of Kenton. In my opinion, like Amazon just came to Kenton. What? Like, why would Amazon come to small Kenton? Six thousand people, probably less now. Come on now, you you don't tell me that Amazon wouldn't thrive better in a city like Jackson, a city like Pearl, Clinton, in my opinion, Madison, Mississippi, Bloodstack, who's up and coming, that's right next to Ken. Come on, but they came to Ken. You know how many diehard Jackson State fans are in Ken? Man, hey, let that man work. Let him do his job. Coach Prime, salute to you, brother. Um, at the same time, you know, he told his side, you know, uh, and I and I and I, I like to say I stood up for our uh, HBCU coaches and telling our side for baseball. That's a good answer, Coach. Um, this will be a two-part question for me. Um, we know like your program isn't going to be um, what it's going to be two years from now or three years from now. And I know coaches don't like to talk about losing or thinking about it, but when programs are just starting out, whether it be college, high school, even at the pro level, there are going to be some growing pains along the way. Um, as a first-year coach at a brand-new program, how are you going to handle the adversity when and if it comes? And my second question is, like, how do you measure success in your first year? Gotcha. Um, so being my buddy um, who went to Auburn University, um, when we were kids, um, we always had this saying. Never forget where you came from, but always know where you're going, right? So when we said that, it was like, man, we see time for life. We'll never forget where we came from, but we always want to go and be doing better. So let's say, for instance, man, <clears throat> God forbid, but, you know, we have a shaky start. We have a – we go through the season, and it's not the best season in the world. We're going to have some growing pain. It's going to happen. Well, we got to take those, and we got to plaster those everywhere. It's gotta be on the walls. It gotta be at practices. I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna make noise about it all day, every day, because I want them to understand that this is not who we have to be. We can be so much better. Um, and getting them to understand, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's it's a part of it. it. It's it's the growing pains. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grow through it, right? It's gonna be times where we're gonna play against. Um, shoot, man, I got game schedules against LSU Alexandria. Louisiana Christian, um, having got LSU Shreveport, who's always ranked in the top 10. Just in down in New Orleans, you got Loyola University, who's always ranked in the top 25, and probably will eventually play them eventually. We're going to play some really stiff competition. We're going to play some really good, and I'm not running. I, I haven't ran from anybody. If you're in my area, I'm not running. I mean, now, if you're, you know, seven hours away, 
I, you know, I'm looking at budget first year and I'm like, ah, get catch me in two years when I raise some money and I kind of figure out the budget and how we can strategically place things and make sure we can make that trip without any issues. You know, we'll make that happen. But, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you've got, you just got different things that can happen, um, you know, for you um, and different things like that. And then what was the, what was the second part? Oh yeah, how are you how are you gonna measure success your first year? A win. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, man, I can't. I, I don't think that there's any other way to measure success because, uh, like I tell uh, everybody, and everybody's always saying, "Well, coach, it's your first year," and right. <laughs> what's your point? What is your point? Like. I can use this for an example, right? <clears throat> Look at Dion in his first year. Not not counting the COVID season. But come on, man. Like, what, what what are we talking about here? If I can't see success out of myself out of my, and, and have a vision for the program to be successful, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not – I don't have a thought process. I'm not clearly listening to God on why he put me in this position. Because it all happened for a reason. I went through those things that I went through. I <clears throat> volunteered for so long. I got paid little to nothing for so long. Working those odd jobs, being an umpire, all those different things to get to a point where I can make sure that when I get the opportunity that I make sure that I never go back to what I, what I was before. And again, like, like I said in the beginning, <clears throat> knowing where I come from, and I, but I always know where I'm going. You on mute, Ralph? <clears throat> I said you're on mute. All right, can y'all hear me now? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. All right, so, um, Coach, who are some of the young men that you've signed already to come in? And also, um, two-part question, and also, um, after you name those young men that you signed, anybody that you want to acknowledge that's helped you along your way, you got it. All right. Um, so nobody get offended because I know I'm going to leave out some names and different things, things like that. But first ever recruit, um, Ty from uh, Ty Mitchell out of um, out of uh, Greenville, Mississippi. He went to East Central Community College. Then my two uh, Liberty guys, Caleb and Kobe, um, quality out of Florida. Um, man, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now already. Um, you got um, Jaden, uh, Jalen, Jaden, uh, out of Georgia. Then you got another Jaden that's in Slidell. You got, I got, oh my God, I think I got like six or seven Texas boys. So you got um, Dylan, you got um, Dylan Scott, you got um, Brandon Dickerson, you got um, <clears throat> J uh, Javon Thompson, you got, um, Julian Keys, Christian Hilliard. Um, I'm trying to think of I, I got one missing one. But again, like I said, don't 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 be offended if I didn't call your name. But um, those are just the Texas kid. I got a kid coming out of uh, Colorado, um, Nolan Daniels. Um, <clears throat> trying to think, um, man, it's it's been a it's been a lot of them um, and different things like that. Um, and as far as mentioning people who've helped me with like recruiting or helped me just anytime 
in my career. That's, that's helped you in your baseball journey, whether it was as a player or whatever, <clears throat> it don't matter. Anybody that helped you in your baseball journey, Coach. Well, gotcha. Uh, well, I got to give a shout out to my first ever boss um, in baseball. Uh, I don't think he's coaching anymore. I think he's doing some apparel side things. Uh, Coach Neil Grote um, at Hendricks College, but then uh, the biggest mentor uh, that I had so far uh, being um, uh, Carlos James, at um, head baseball coach at University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, and then going on to um, Coach Crenshaw at, um, at Southern, Coach Doolin at Southern, uh, Coach Jackson, who's now the head coach at uh, University of Memphis, uh, Coach Edwin Thompson, who uh, who's also the, the head coach at um, the head coach at Georgetown, um, a good guy that I met um, kind of through Edwin and, and talking to him and different things like that. Uh, coach Bolden, who's the um, who's at one of the university um, University of Wisconsin Division three schools. I don't don't make it so many of them. I can't. Um, uh, think of it, um, man, it's been <clears throat> even, you know, back down to, you know, your high school coaches who poured so much into me, uh, coach Randall Montgomery, who's, um, who, who, who ran after the football dream, um, and left us hanging, um, when we finally start to get, understand the game and he taught the way he was teaching us. And of course, man, I was probably the most hard headed thing in the world, but he stayed in my butt. Like I was a catcher, man. He was yelling me all day, every day all day every day for no reason but i grinded I, I got after it and i had the biggest attitude in the world um but he he stuck with me um i appreciate him coach melvin gillum in high school um he he's just that's the reason why i, wore, I always wore the number 24 um and then also um because you know <clears throat> uh the, the the number four my four brothers and then me being kind of the parent in the household uh, being the man of the house, and then my mom, that's where the two stem from. She wore number four uh, throughout her career. I wore number 24, and then um, I gravitated to number four uh, when my second year in junior college, and I was just flipped back and forth between four and 24, and those are significant numbers for me. But most of all, um, got to thank the, <clears throat> the, the four beautiful women who raised me, um, being my grandmother, Miss um, Easter Dixon, who can – Throw down and, and Dion. If you want to really get some good food, you need to holler at my grandma. Um, but um, my mom, Annie Grant, um, very big instrumental in my life, even to this day. My aunties, Miss um, Ella um, Thomas, um, and then uh, Miss Sharon Smith. Um, they um, laid the foundation. Nine grandboys. Uh, we call ourselves the E9. My grandmother's name Easter, so we call ourselves the E9. Um, and we were some tough jokers, man. When I tell you, we gave those ladies everything that you can handle, but they, they handled it and handled it well. Um, you know, um, it, it was very fun uh, growing up with my cousins and being, you know, <clears throat> one of the one of the oldest and just see, seeing how it fought. And we we're doing all all great in our careers. Nobody's, you know, we could have went the, a different route and we were bad kids and we went been to jail, all those different things, but um, we, we kind of all are doing real in our careers, uh, businesses and different things like that. And we're, we're continuing to strive and, um, and uh, making sure uh, because we're all, we were nine grand boys and we're all having girls now. So we're making sure uh, as girl dads that we uh, set a good foundation and, uh, and do different things the right way. So um, if, uh, don't feel bad if I miss you guys, man, I it's just, 
you know, wasn't expecting that question. Um, and I want to make sure I give a shout out, but Dilly University, shout out to you. Um, everybody uh, from the new president all the way down, athletic staff, you got you know, got you guys are always on my heart. Um, and as well as the new players that's gonna be coming in. Um, can't wait to get you guys on campus, meet you guys again face to face. Um, and we're gonna have some fun this year. Right. And there's one thing we forgot to mention, coach. You all play in the only NAIA HBCU <coughs> conference. We do, yes. In the Gulf South Atlantic Conference. Yes. Yeah, so that's oh. the only NAIA HBCU conference. Yep. The, 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 don't get it confused with the Gulf South Conference, which is D2. They are the yep. Gulf, Gulf Coast, Coast Athletic Conference. So yes. they're the GCAC. Yeah, like Dr. Barnes said, GCAC rising, baby. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> that's her new saying. So, uh, but yeah, we're the uh, we are the only one, and um, we just got sixteen. So we'll have a championship, and then we'll get an automatic bid to get into a regional. So that um, is major, right there, Coach. Yeah, that's exciting as well. So um, that's major. One of our teams are, and then you know, of course, we'll teams are still participating in the Black College World Series. Um, you may see somebody participate in the Black, Black College World Series and then turn around and go into a regional. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who's going to be crazy enough to do that, but, I mean, it could be us. You know, if I, if I ask the kids, hey, man, how y'all want to do? Y'all want to go play this and then turn around and get into a regional? They, they say they're up to the challenge. Hey, man, I can't, I'm not going to stop those kids. If it's in the budget, I mean, I'm going to let them have fun. I'm going to let them play. They, if, especially if we're at a point where we're making history like I think we're going to make um, and making a lot of good noise. Um, it's gonna be fun. And recruits, how can a recruit get in touch with you, coach? Um, best way right now is my email, so it's tsgrant at dillard.edu. Um, send me an email, Twitter. Um, uh, you can look me up as Coach Grant. Uh, 42. Um, look at the deal based on Twitter. I manage that as well. So um, making sure that <clears throat> there's multiple different ways to reach out to me. Instagram, however you want to do it. You type in Trennis Grant, some, something dealing with the social media is going to pop up. So um, message me. Um, if I don't get back to you, I just ran through my messages all yesterday. Um, clean them out, making sure I respond to every kid. If you're a 2023 or a 2020, 2024, I'm just letting you know that um, I'm making sure I take care of this first class first. So once those guys get there on August 10th, man, I'll be really having conversations with the 2023s and 2024s. And that's not saying that I'm not recruiting and I'm not looking um, because I follow a lot of guys. Um, when guys follow me, they follow the baseball Twitter, and I've run through Twitter looking at um, everything on my Twitter is now baseball stuff. So um, making sure that I'm staying in the know with all the different groups and making sure I, you know, not only it's important for me to not only when a kid resp uh, reaches out to me, but it's important to respond. Let them know that they, you know, you see it, even if I just hit the like button or respond back and say it was a small message. Um, it, it's important to me to let them know that um, they're wanted and the, um, that I see it. <clears throat> but any 2022s out there that are pitchers um, still available, get at me. Transfer students, junior college pitchers. Hey, like like Coach Prime says, 
Hey man, them DMs open. <laughs> what what um academic requirement would they need, coach, to be able to qualify for Dillon? Okay, so as a high school student, you need to have in order to. I'm gonna tell you like this. Um, and uh, we're still giving our academic money. So in order to qualify, well, to get in, you need to have a two five and an eighteen, or um, or whatever the eighteen is equivalent to on the ACT. Um, as a high school kid, um, as far as a junior college and a transfer, you just need to have a two point um, and then you you can be accepted. <clears throat> Well, Coach, on behalf of the boys on the hill, I want to thank you for coming on, share some of your time with us. I know you're a father, so we appreciate you for giving us some of your family time tonight. (laughs) Um, Appreciate you for also giving us, you know, just the opportunity to give Dillard baseball some exposure. Uh, We're excited to see what the program is going to do and just excited to see where it's going to go in the next couple of years. Thank you, Coach. That's all. Yep. Ain't nothing else <laughs> I can say, man. Appreciate it, Coach. Appreciate it. Well, and I can definitely say this. We'll have another interview, and it's going to be on the great side of things. So we'll we'll have another one probably around about May next year. You'll be like, Coach, yeah, you told us so. Hey, remember that. <laughs> yeah, we sure will, Coach. Hey, we're all fans of HBCU baseball. And, you know, you're in the NAIA circuit, so we don't have to worry about cheering against you because you don't never play against that. <laughs> Oh my god, you know, we, yeah. we always if y'all, if, if y'all play against Southern, we're gonna cheer for you though, for real. Yeah, no, they're not. They play well, we can, but he ain't gonna play against us. It's not happening. I don't think he's gonna play against us. Not saying that they're scared or anything like that, it's just the mere fact that uh, first year program, you know, how would that look if you know my guys? go out there and kind of beat them. That kind of hurts on recruiting. And at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't really matter for uh, NAA programs to go play a Division One program. You want that to happen. You want to kind of go out there and get the guaranteed money and all those different things. But, you know, that's my boy. Um, they're, they're my boys over there. I mean, if they want to play, we can play. But if they don't, I'm not going to fight them uh, or anything like that. I have reached out to some Division One schools to kind of play because, I mean, I came from that world, so I'm not scared to play against nobody. Uh, I want to see how we stack up against anybody. So, <clears throat> all right. So, thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. From Thomas Black, Slim Marshall, five thousand watts in his absence. It's your boy Rap Jesus signing off. The boys on the hill. We out. <laughs>